Blog Talk Radio. All right, well, it seems that our intro music is not playing today, so hello. I hope that you're all doing really well today on this Tuesday. We have a really special show for you. It's all about Busting Loose from the Money Game by Robert Scheinfeld. It's a book. And I'm Rachel Archelais. I'm here with Megan Crandelmeyer. Hello. And this is a book that can be really hard to read. It can be really fun to read. It's very, very deep. You cannot judge this book by its really wacky cover. And so we're going to be breaking it down into a couple of episodes over a large enough span of time so that you can read it and follow along with us and really get the benefits out of it that it can provide. So we're going to go into much more detail about the first half of the book later in the show. But first, we're going to do our announcements. So we are part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network, which is an amazing curation of metaphysical teachers. And on Tuesday night, we have... Victoria Vives Huang, that's later tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, and she hosts the show Earth Sky People Radio, your bridge between heaven and earth. She'll talk about living in oneness with one another, with Mother Earth, and with life beyond earth. And then on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have the Enlightenment Evolution Hour with Rob Gauthier. And Rob is the person that started this network on Blog Talk Radio for us, so we are thankful for him. And he hosts a show that started all of this on Wednesday nights. He channels Treb, who takes all callers' questions, and he also has special guests and metaphysical teachers and channelers and so forth. So you can find more about Rob on trebchanneling.com. And on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have Philip Mollick's Consciousness Evolution Hour. He talks about a wide range of metaphysical topics from the perspective of the fifth dimension. And you can find him and the Consciousness Evolution 2.0 group on Facebook. And you can also subscribe to Philip's YouTube page by searching Philip Mollick on YouTube. And then Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have the Earth Experience with Kalina Angel. And she explores our soul's expansion through our human experiences on Earth. And she's just a sweet personality. So check that out on Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, the Odyssey Ascension with Roxanne Swainhart. Join the one and only Roxy for two hours of Blow Your Mind Ascension downloads. Be open, be ready, and just be with her while she answers your questions about past lives, ETs, soul purpose, energy activations, and all things Ascension. And then Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, we have Karen Newman with About Oneness. And she has a radio program focused on celebrating the ongoing conscious awakening of our planet and our realization of oneness and unconditional love. And Karen is an author, lecturer, integrated channel, and intuitive. And Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, Heart to Heart Radio with Daniel Scranton. 
Um, join Daniel and his featured guests as they discuss topics such as the shifts, ETs, global events, channeling, energy work, toning, and sound healing. Uh, pretty much everything you could ever want to talk about about metaphysics. He keeps his lines open so that you can call in and have a high-frequency discussion about anything and everything related to living on planet Earth and beyond. And don't forget that you can find out about all of our shows on the facebook.com forward slash Enlightenment Evolution Network page. Absolutely. And then for those of you listening live today, we would love to hear from you. And you can call in at 347-308-8788. And if you would like to join the discussion, just press 1, and then that will raise your hand, and we'll see that you want to speak to us. Otherwise, you always can just call in to listen with your smartphone uh, if you're not at a computer. Yes, and we also have something really special for today. We want to make this as interactive as possible. So on our Facebook page, we've created a thread where we can all talk during the episode. So if you're on Facebook, just go to facebook.com forward slash soulfulpreneur. And, of course, full has two L's because we are full of souls. So you'll see the thread right on our page. Just comment. You can ask questions. Tell us who you are, where you're coming from. We would love to get to know you. Fabulous. So, well, I'm really excited to talk about this book um, with everybody today, Rachel. You are the person who introduced me to the book, and um, it's got some radical ideas, some fabulous ideas. I know it, it took me a little bit to get through it, and um, and so I, I know I need a little support from you and other people who had read it, so I'm looking forward to providing that support to other people. Yeah, it's pretty intense. And, you know, I bought the book because it was recommended actually when I was in Christina Morassi's class. And I bought it on Amazon along with a couple other things. I got it at my house and the cover just looked so cheesy that I just put it on my (laughs) shelf for months and I didn't read it. And um, something was going on in my life. I really, you know, felt a little bit stuck at the time and my guides actually said, all right, go read that book. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it just looks so weird in the front and not so, like something I would enjoy. So I read it. And I was actually, I read it um, in bed all night. I never stay up and read, ever. But I just could not put this book down. And I met with Megan, I think, the next morning, and I just told her, look, this is everything. You have to read this. (laughs) So everybody reads this book in their own time, and, you know, we're going to go through the first nine chapters today and just talk about what the book is about, what it addresses. We're going to talk about money and what that is and why we're so drawn to it and why it can really take hold of our lives. So it's going to be a really fun Um, show. We already have a couple people on the line listening. So if you want to ask a question at any point, just press one and it'll raise your hand. Super. So I figure that we should maybe just open our discussion today um, with the basic question of what is money? 
because when you really think about it, I mean, we're so used to either, you know, credit cards and cash and transactions. We're just programmed. Yep, we use money. We get stuff. But what is it really? I mean, in my mind, it's just an agreement between other people living on the planet to be able to exchange one thing for another. So it is abstract in a way, and we put a lot of trust in it. Um, what are your feelings on that, Rachel? I mean, what is money? To me, money is just a symbol for exchanging value. Like, you know, at various points in my life when I was working hourly, I would think to myself, well, how many hours do I need to work to be able to afford this? And so money was just like this, you know, this currency, this form that I needed to save up and bundle so I could give to somebody else to get something that I wanted. And and now I just see it more as an energy flow. It's not so concrete for me anymore. And it's more malleable. It's not, you know, one equals one to me anymore. It's it's more than that. And so my opinion of money and my relationship with it has changed a lot over the time, but I still see it as an exchange of value for value. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, just talking about this made the uh, image of, uh, of if you watched, gosh, was it on? It was on the, those game shows, especially back in the 70s and 80s, where somebody would win the opportunity, go into like this telephone booth, and the cash yeah. would be all whipping around in there, and you had to grab, grab, grab as much as you can. And I think that's how I've always kind of thought of money up until the last year, you know, is like, oh, my gosh, you know, you just have to keep grabbing it and grabbing it and shoving it in pockets and bank accounts and wherever you can. But this book will totally change, I think, that type of idea of money, that it's it's outside of you and, and something you're trying to grab. Yeah, definitely. And... I I love that image because I think that's just what we're taught. Like, you need money, and the more money you have, the better, right? Like, you can never have too much money kind of thing. Exactly. exactly. And at the same time, sometimes we villainize money, and so we create this conflict within ourselves. Like, we want money, but we don't want to be bad people. Like, you know? Right, right. Well, think about, I mean, I just kind of remember my parents saying, um, well, you know, money is the root of all evil. And gosh, okay, so we all need it, but we're all a little bit evil. (laughs) You know, what does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, and then, you know, like you touched on, more is better. um, And maybe you have to be lucky to have money or you have to work really hard to have money. I think these are all things that are ingrained in us. And this book kind of will turn a lot of that upside down. And he explains why, gee, are these just things you were conditioned to believe? Or yeah, <laughs> is there another way? Mm-hmm. Very true. I mean, I don't think I've ever read another book that explains it with such clarity. That's the real brilliance to this book. It's so matter-of-fact. It's so simple. And that's why he takes the first nine chapters to really talk about what he calls phase one, 
which is this part of it, this like figuring out what's really going on, what money really is, what we really are, where we're living, how life works. Like he breaks it down to such a um, beautiful level that makes everything kind of click into perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, he titles the book Busting Loose from the Money Game. But before we jump into the money game, I guess we have to go above that and say, okay, you know, who are we? Why are we here? What's our purpose? Are we playing the human game? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, I guess we probably are. I mean, it's funny when you think about it. Here we are, we're, we're people, we're working, we're eating dinner, we're talking with our friends. But what is that? Who, who are we? I think that's, that's the big question, the first question. And then why are we playing this game with money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, um, Scheinfeld, his background is in basically startup marketing. Like he worked for tech companies. He would turn the companies around, make them profitable. And that's kind of how he made a name for himself. He comes from a, a line of pretty wealthy entrepreneurs. His grandfather, he credits with telling him everything he knows about this subject. But his grandfather was also very, very successful and wealthy. And so he knows the money game and he knows the trappings of it. But And he also knows about marketing. So I think that's where the cover comes from and that's where the title of the book comes from. But it's really, it's a spiritual book that will liberate you from this money game. So I, I think that's cool. And it does go into who we are, why we're here, what we're doing. And if you're familiar with Bashar, Abraham Hicks, like a lot of the really popular um, entities that have been coming through for the past few decades, this book really does mirror that, and it brings this message to a whole new demographic. This book was a New York Times bestseller, and I just think that that's so amazing that this kind of information could be so well-received all across the world. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm amazed at that, too. And I do think you have to be ready for it, and I think people listening to our show are more than likely ready for it and people that are part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network, and um, which is cool. And, it, and it's fine if you're not ready or it, it's not resonating, even if pieces of it resonate. Um, that's great. Uh, so, yeah, so this money game is, I mean, part of what we're conditioned to believe is that there's a limited supply of money. And yet, at the same time, we're told that we're infinite beings, that we're beings of light just having this human experience. So let's talk a little bit about that, because I think that's a, that's a key point that he, he brings up. Yeah. So he talks about, I mean, the reason the book is titled The Money Game is because we kind of, we're in a game, but it's an unwinnable game. So if you think about normal games like sports, there is a set time limit or there's a set number of points you need to get or there's some kind of rules that keep it contained. There's no um, unlimited game that's out there right now that we watch. But we're in this money game right now that is not winnable, meaning that you know we're always told to get more. 
we always feel like we need more. And if we have more, there's always more that we want to do. We're never satisfied. And I used to read um, Martha Beck books, and she talks about this quite a bit, about how she'll have multi-million dollar um, earning clients, and they'll come to her in so much anxiety, and they'll say to her, like, oh, I just need $10 million in the bank, and then I'll be able to relax. Just 10 and then they'll reach the 10, and then it'll change to 20. And this pursuit of the money, of the number, it's not real. It's not winnable because our anxiety and our emotions don't ever cease when we get there. Absolutely. When I think about money and like what it means to me or maybe what is it I want most, um, it's certainly not, oh, you know, this pile of cash sitting on my kitchen table. Well, that's great. Um, it's not doing anything for me at that moment that it's sitting there on the table. But what it does do is it allows me, say, personal freedom. Like I like the feeling of freedom, of being able to perhaps travel where I want to go or create something I want to create and be able to get the supplies to create it. So. In the end, I think all of us are just pursuing different types of feelings. Yeah. And we like to feel joyful. We like to feel satisfied. We like to feel creative. Um, So just chasing after a number is not making anybody in this country very happy right now, it seems like, because we're, you know, living... A lot of our country lives, you know, very well with two cars or three cars and five-bedroom homes and in-ground swimming pools, and yet we're one of the unhappiest country, countries in the world. And I think it's probably because we're we're going after numbers instead of feelings. Yeah, completely. And you know, and that's kind of what he breaks it down to be. It's like. You know, having things is great, but that's not what's going to make you happy. It's having the right things for you, and you'll know what they are because they'll actually help you in, you know, feeling that joy. So it's not about the money. It's about how you're going to feel in achieving whatever it is you want to achieve. Like like Megan said, if you want to just, if you are into traveling and traveling makes you happy, then you want travel and not really the money. It's just that we're so conditioned to think that money is the only way to get what we want in this society. And and I think it's I think it's a good point in that the book is not about that. It's not about convincing you that you want feelings. It it really is about a lot more than that and you still get to experience whatever level of wealth you really desire. So it's not about teaching you to be a monk and to be happy right. with, on spaghetti. Like <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because I think that so, we often also think it's either or. Like you can have money or you can be happy if you're a spiritual type of person. But that's not true either. That's just another, you know, line of conditioning that we're given. Absolutely. Yeah, I certainly, after I said what I said, I'm like, well, gee, I'm not trying to imply that going after some money is bad or or this book is going to be about, you know, living this super simple life. It's not at all. It's really about creating adventures and challenges and opportunities, but ones that resonate with you and not so much about, well, what do the neighbors have? Well, they have a boat. I want a boat. And they have a Mercedes. I want one. It's like, do you really? (laughs) 
do, do you really want and do you really want all that responsibility? Maybe you do, but maybe you don't. So it's really about getting honest with yourself. Yeah, about, I think the whole key is like this book is an education in the truth, and he uses this, you know, truth with a capital T in the book. And, you know, this is his truth, so that's how I see it. Um, it's it's really just about putting the right hat on, like getting yourself right in the perspective of everything and what money really is and what you really are, and then you're free to do whatever you want. Like you can still be a stockbroker and go through this book. You can still, you know, want to do like quote-unquote normal things with your life and, you know, have that yacht if that's what you want after you read this book. It's just that you're no longer at the mercy of this conditioning and of money. You completely, his goal is to help you completely break free from needing anything and get you to a point where you're provided with absolutely everything that you need just because of who you really are. And that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a complete roadmap to the 5D life. That is what this book is. Yeah. So a big thing I think that you have to come to terms with in the book is like what I mentioned, that idea of, you know, you're in the phone booth and you're, you're grabbing for money. It's, it's outside of you. You're grabbing it. You're stuffing it in your pockets. Well, what if it's not outside of you? What if it's inside of you because you're kind of allowing only so much of it to appear tangible in your life? It's like you have this filter on in your head or in your mind and there could be lots more of it and lots more freedom and challenges and jobs and whatever you want, but you're self-limiting yourself. And how do you break free of some of those limits? Yeah. Limitations is a big thing that he talks about too. And um, in the second half of the book, in what he calls phase two, it's all about getting... Um, you're like freeing yourself from those limitations and getting to a point where you can be um, manifesting everything that you desire automatically. So that's, that's the second part. And we have so many stories of that kind of synchronistic, amazing manifestations. Um, I'll give you a little teaser. He talks about in the second half of the book about literally buying a red shirt in the store and coming home and pulling out a blue shirt and how that's kind of once you once you remove all those limitations from you and you really get into the truth of who you are that's the kind of stuff that can happen you know this reality as we all know is not really real it's created it's a holograph and so those kind of things are possible which also means that manifesting money and everything in a wacky and weird ways is also possible yeah, he kind of cautions people um, because that's such a trendy word right now. Manifesting money mm-hmm. it makes it sound like I don't know, like you have to dig it up somewhere and oh, here it is. And again, it's outside of you. And what if it's not really manifesting? It's just more like uh, turning off some filter and then oh, it was there all along. Yeah, like it's right in front of your nose, but 
you've got this filter on and you're, you're just not seeing it. So it's not really manifesting like it's, oh, it's got to come from Bob and he's got to, you know, give me this much money for this contract. It's more like, no, it's just, it's already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, we also want to tell you that if this sounds interesting, if busting loose from the money game is something you'd like to achieve in your life, um, we have a little challenge for you. So next month on October 14th, we're going to be doing another show about this book. And if you have read chapters one through nine and you want to call in and let us know how it's been going for you and what ahas you've gotten, what you don't like, what you do like, we would really love to hear from you. So if you've read the book already and you want to call us today, you can at 347 347- three zero eight eight seven eight eight and then press one to talk but if you want to wait and grab the book and then join us on october 14th we'd really love to hear from you so uh, the more of us that read the book i think the more powerful this is really going to be so we really encourage you to do that yes absolutely um so uh, do you want to touch on because it's it's a challenging subject Rachel, but do you want to touch on the idea of of things kind of being an illusion? I think that's you know the first third of the book he he really starts to lead into that, and I know I was a little freaked out by it, even though I've read other material and channeled material like the Seth material, which I like a lot. There's still something you know those of us that didn't maybe grow up so openly psychic or openly aware. <laughs> of everything and perhaps we're kind of becoming more aware um, because things are are shifting our whole planet's um, consciousness is shifting and opening up a bit Um, this idea of things being kind of a hologram I don't know what do you you want to put a little I think we should just because you know I think it's intriguing and I think that it's not really letting anything loose because when you read it for yourself you're you're going to have your own experience so yeah, let's talk about that, and it'll also give us a chance to to help people not get stuck at that spot that everyone seems to get stuck at, you know? Yeah, yeah, because I, I think that, um, yeah, I remember one of my friends reading it. I told her about it. I kind of warned her, I'm like, look, it can get a little funny when you start thinking about your world, and you're, if you are creating everything, what does that really mean? And I know she texted me at one point and was like, I feel like I'm really alone. Yeah. And I th- and I think that's a big um thing with this book and a lot of people put it down. Uh, but yet keep going. Keep yeah, going. So, but let's talk about that feeling of alone. Like what 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 do you think makes people feel alone with it? For well, you? Why, don't, why don't we start from the beginning? So sure. if you haven't read the book yet, um we've been kind of alluding to that it's more of a spiritual book and it's not really about money at least in the beginning. Um, and so what he talks about is how we are all, you know, sovereign beings of light. We're unlimited. Um, basically, you know, we're our soul. We're just projecting ourselves into a universe that is completely our own. Like we each have our own individual layer, let's call it. Um, and Bashar talks about this too, about how... You know, you can have a theater full of people, but each of those people is in their own layer. 
completely creating their own layer, and they're together in that room because they agreed to be together. They'll each have their own experience. They'll each hear what they want to hear. Um, but, you know, we're all traveling around in our own universe. And because we're not separate from our source, because we are creating all of our own holographic universe, that makes everything really relative. Like, there's no, um, <laughs> there are really no rules to this game that we're in. We can make purple trees, we can make, you know, elephants fly. But what keeps everything kind of uniform is our belief systems. And in the second half of the book, he tells you how to knock down those filters and belief systems so that your life is more to your pleasing. But, you know, going through that whole education and demystification of who we are and what we're capable of in the first half of the book, and like Bashar, he's very matter-of-fact. He's not overly, um, you know, compassionate in his wording. He's very dry, which I love. I love that style, but that's just me. A lot of people, when they read this, they find it to be very um, just harsh, I think. And when he gets to the point where he talks about that we're all in our own universe and he describes other people as not really being real. He describes, like, your spouse is not real, your children aren't real. And <laughs> I'm, where Megan freaked out. <laughs> yeah, like, I recommend this book. It's actually almost mandatory reading for all of my clients, every single one. Um, they all say the same thing, basically, like, what do you mean my kid's not real? I feel so lonely. What is this? So I kind of have, like, a pre-programmed response to that. But it's a valid concern when you get there and you're like, all right, I understand that I'm soul energy. I understand that I'm a being of light, that I'm creating this, but what do you mean, you know, no one is real? That's like, that's what gets everyone to put the book down. So Megan, why don't you talk about how you read that and what you heard from that and why that upset you and like how you dealt with it? Hmm. Yeah. It, it took me a little while to, to get over that. And actually, I still think I'm processing it a little bit. Um, and that's why I also read other material. Um, I'm finding right now that the, the Seth material, the early sessions that were released um, a few years ago that preceded the books that Jane Roberts and Seth authored um, supports a lot of, of these theories as well. And and it, it really is coming to terms with, and I think I always suspected, I always knew something something bigger was going on that I understood, uh, because I've always been very aware that I'm aware, and I do feel like I'm some, something looking out of these eyes, but I know I'm not just the meat suit, <laughs> if, you, if you will. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm more than that, but I never could put my finger on what it was and I just went through the motions of with everybody else of growing up and going to school and getting married and all that but um so once I read this book and he's like well nobody else is real I mean it's too strong I think he comes on a little too strong with it yeah I agree uh, yeah and and it isn't that everybody around you isn't real or they're they're not there they are there they are their own energy, their own spark. I've always thought of life as kind of like that magic 
that spark that we as human, we can't just make that. It's, it's something bigger than us, and it's what gives us consciousness or awareness, whatever you want to call it. Um, so the other people are, are just like you, an energetic um, being. We are all here co-creating a bit, yet we're very much creating our own world, but we are co-creating with others, and we, we have come to agreements so that when I, I'm looking at um, a table in my office and my business partner is also looking at that table, we're looking at the, quote, same table, but we're really each generating our own table. And so, yeah, when you come together, even as a family or as friends, you're each coming together and creating that experience and you're each taking away what you want from it. Yeah. Is that, Yeah. So it's kind of coming to terms with that and not being so freaked out that you're alone. It's just that your experience and their experience really are very different, very different perspectives because you're each are bringing your own baggage, your own beliefs, your own conditioning, um, your own awareness and awakening and so forth. So, yeah, we have a lot in common, but we're all really unique. Yeah, and I also like to illustrate this point by just reminding you that like you must have had a time everybody where you somebody was talking to you and you heard one thing and your partner or your friend heard something else this happens to me all the time i just bought um a new mattress in phoenix and it's a an organic latex mattress mattress and we had a choice of the slats for the or a box spring and she told us that it's okay to have the slats as long as they're not more than two inches apart. And so we got home, we looked at the slats, and I'm like, oh, God, I, I hope that these are okay. And so I told Eric, my boyfriend, you know, she said that they can't be more than two inches apart. And he's like, no, 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 three inches apart. And so he heard three, and I heard two. And I know, I have a really good memory. I know I heard two. And he knows he heard three. And this just happens so often. I'm sure someone's come up to you at some point and said, oh, no, you said this. And you have a distinct memory of saying something else. And they're trying to convince you that you said something that you know you didn't say. Well, they obviously heard you say the other thing. And, and so it just kind of illustrates how we're, we make those other people talk. We hear what we want to hear. And that happens with everybody. And so it's not that other people aren't real. It's that we still control what they say. We control our um, experience of other people. And we could get a little more um, technical here. Like Bashar talks a lot about how we jump um, Earth's and timelines billions of times every second. And there are different versions of those people that are in our lives on those different timelines and in those different Earths. And so I've had the experience of when I was, um, you know, in my early 20s, I was surrounded by people who were depressed on drugs, um, you know, alcoholics. Like my family was um, interesting at the time and, my friends, I hung out with a lot of people who did drugs, even though I never did. Um, but as I 
grew and as I got myself not depressed, um, my world around me changed and the people around my life changed. And I don't really ever have to talk to anyone I don't want to talk to. The people who are not awake that bother so many people, I don't even see them or I just don't, they don't really enter into my, my field or my world or my consciousness. And so the people around me have changed. And it's probably because I'm not on the same earth I was before. There's an infinite number of versions of us and where we live and the people around us. And we kind of create our own little puzzle as we go through life. It appears like we're in the same place. It appears like the people around us are the same. But um, it's, it's a little bit different. And... I don't know if that's a better explanation or a more <laughs> easy one to grasp than what he writes about in the book, but that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, and I think um, I, I definitely had that experience over the last few years as, as my awareness and my spiritual awakening has unfolded, unbeknownst to me that this was going to happen. I was, quote, the normal analytical plugging along, and then, oh, hey, what about this and all these ideas? started presenting themselves, it was interesting what happened, and, and people, I'm sure, experience this all the time, where some friends slowly kind of faded away. I, it's you know not a lot in common, or just it naturally happened because we weren't at the same, say, vibration or interest level. And then other friends that I've known for a while, things opened up where we started talking about these topics that we never touched on. We've known each other for years, and didn't talk about stuff like this and all of a sudden we did so it's that alignment that so you're constantly shifting and and um, it's important to be true to yourself and what you're feeling what you're truly interested in versus lying to yourself or going through the motions or keeping up with the joneses and it's when you are really living your truth and what's resonating at the moment then people come to you and they have discussions with you that match where you're at um so yeah that's what i that's how i am seeing it um and that's why you know people hear what they want to hear because they're they're on a certain thought pattern or vibration level and therefore that's all they're going to hear yeah it's just so cool i love it and you know i had i'm having a little brain fart here but you were saying something about um Oh, yeah. So being in alignment with who you really are, going after the activities that are really exciting to you. And that brings me to like this thought of relevance. So when when we think of wealth and success in this world, we often think of one thing, which is millionaire, mansion, traveling, you know, like it's a, a set thing. And it's really, that's just a stereotype. And it's just this construct that we have when really if we were allowed to look at it for ourselves what really most excites us it's going to be different for everybody and if we can look past that big stereotype and actually go on a path of discovering for ourselves of what we really want like for me I don't know why but I've always had this idea that I'd love a private jet because I love 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 to travel no, it's not eco-friendly. It is not. It, it's not something I would like 
you know, I would almost be a little embarrassed about it, I think, if I had a private jet. But it would be so exciting to me to go to Fiji, to go to Australia, just whenever I wanted. That's like my highest level of excitement. And, and so that would be relevant for me in my life. But a yacht would not make me excited. I don't like the feeling of being stuck out on the ocean um, and that kind of thing. So I was just at Bashar on Saturday in Sedona, and he talked about this idea of you can have everything effortlessly that is relevant to you, but not what is not relevant to you. So if you're going, if I was to go after the yacht, it would be nothing but misery. It would be hardship, and if I got the yacht, I wouldn't want it anyway. It would not bring me any kind of joy. Um, But if I allowed myself to be in alignment with that jet right now, and I had a jet, oh, man, I would just be off to Paris probably and just to have lunch. Like, it would be really cool. So he goes about this in the book and explaining to you how to, you know, take back these uh, the energy that we have in these stereotypes so that you can find what is most relevant to you. And and that's more in the phase two part of the book, but he does get there. So I just wanted to add that little teaser again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so it, it is, you know, this book is about you know, money and, and all that and just really talking about the conditioning that we've gone through and just breaking some of that down. And, and sometimes when you really get honest with yourself after a while, stuff starts to happen where, geez, maybe you want to even downsize your house or get rid of some stuff and you want different items, different material things. Um, it's an interesting process. So it is... Um, it is a clearing out and a getting honest with yourself. And then uh, and then he goes into that phase two part of the book where he's like, okay, now that you're honest and you know what you want to go after or what kind of games are fun to play, whether it's, like you said, you can still be in the stock market and you can still be making 500000 a year or whatever, but make sure you're doing it because it's fun and that, and that you, you're getting the fact that you're creating it and that you're not grabbing outside of yourself. You're just being your whole self. Yeah. So I would love to hear from you. If you have a question about this or you've read the book and you want to make a comment, you can call us at 347-308-8788 and then press 1 to talk. Or you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash soulfulpreneur and tell us, you know, what's going on for you? Did the book change your life? Are you Have you not read it yet and you have a question? We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and over the next few weeks, since we gave everybody homework, and October 14th will be our next radio show about this book. Um, if, as you read it, you know, you freak out a little bit or something is really, you're getting stuck, or maybe you'd like uh, a suggestion for another book to read on top of this one to support some of these ideas uh, just let us know like you if you post on Facebook we always reply um, so yeah it's going to be an interactive thing we just got to get the word out and tell your friends and, and and we'll get this rolling yeah I think um, to put the whole book you know to summarize the whole thing you could use my favorite Bashar quote which is 
It's not your circumstances that matter. It's your state of being that matters. And he means matter literally. So it's not your circumstances that create what your circumstances are. It's not your circumstances that create the matter. It's your state of being that creates the matter or what your circumstances are. So if you can take charge of your state of being, then your whole outside world will change because it's all just a reflection. It's all just a creation from what you're being on the inside. And Scheinfeld's book helps you do that. And he has a very simple, systematic way of going about that in the second half. So we're... I'm going to reread the first half for sure. So I'll be posting my insights on our Soulful Printer page over the next month. I'm sure Megan will too. And we can do this together and and get past the scary part (laughs) together too. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, just um, one of the quotes that I liked from the the book is he talks about the money game and the human game. and, And what he says is it's designed to be played So you'd reclaim your power, wisdom, and abundance one piece at a time so you could savor each returning piece and the expansion it creates for you like you'd savor a fine wine, a fine meal, a great play, or a novel. And I just love that. I love that we're on, you know, the scavenger hunt in a way. That's really what it is. Um, It's all there. We put all the... The, the breadcrumbs there, and we're just following them back. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's like we can be so impatient as a species, but it is true that it's much more fun to go through the unfolding and reclaiming of who we are than it would be to just snap our fingers and be at the end. You know, if we wanted to just be where we know ourselves fully, we would die really, mm-hmm. and just go back to our natural state. But we're here for a reason. We're here for the senses and the smells and, you know, like the actions of doing it and the heartbreak and the, you know, the celebrations. Like we're here to experience all of that in this journey. So he definitely nailed it there. He does. And I, and I love that he wrote this book because I think for a, a lot of us, we get stuck on the money part and it seems to take away some of the fun. Mm -hmm. And so this is a great book to try and take some of that fun back. And it may be that, you know, you're going to have to read it more than once. And I know I've read it twice and I'm looking forward to reading it a third time. And, um, and I've definitely put into practice uh, some of the tools that he offers and um, things do start to happen, but it's easy to kind of slide back into the old ways where you're, you know, conditioned for a long time. Um, and a lot of people around us are conditioned in that way. So be patient with yourself and keep chipping away and, and chipping away. It is not a, a, a magic pill <laughs> and, uh, and it's all fixed. It, it is uh, just learning about yourself and what, what you value. Yeah. Yeah. So I did want to mention one thing. So, What actually scared most people about the book was, you know, that loneliness thing of thinking that you're alone because he says that no one else is real. But for me, um, it really liberated me. And I think this is probably what he was hoping to achieve. 
Because when I thought about it, like, all right, well, if my boyfriend isn't real <laughs> and I'm telling him what to say, and if my family is not real and all the people who would possibly judge me aren't real, then I, why am I not doing exactly what I want to do in exactly the way I want to do it? Why am I not looking exactly how I want to look and not even batting an eye at the idea that someone isn't going to approve? Because the only person needed to be approving is me. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one I need to worry about. And, and that could seem selfish um, to some people, but if you're the only one in your universe, you're the only one that matters. And it doesn't mean that we lose our compassion. I still have a lot of compassion for everybody in the world and I do what I can. I volunteer places and I, you know, donate money. I'm still playing along. But when it comes down to it, if I'm not living up to my fullest capacity, then I'm really letting down people in the biggest way. So I just thought that was so liberating and I still go back to that a lot when I'm worried about like with what I look like what if what if I lose clients or what if no one wants this class like I'm like no 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 this is my excitement this is me this is what I want to do so I'm going to do it and it's really been great and successful and awesome absolutely I that reminds me of um sometimes watching other people maybe being parents and being the best mom ever and you're you're not really taking care of yourself or your health or your weight and you're not getting your hair done because it's all for the kids, all for the kids. And, and really, if you're depleted yourself, then how much do you really have to give to your kids? So it, you've got to put yourself first and, and you have more to give and you want to teach that to your kids. And so it, it's just this, Thing, like compassion for others. I mean, for me, like I love animals. I just took in a stray cat that showed up on the back uh, deck here, and and he was malnourished and panting. And in ten days, I had him at least somewhat better and all that, because that's important to me. Um, so just from the heart. So yes, you're selfish in a way, but not really, because part of being selfish for me is giving all I can to animals. Exactly. Yeah. Like viewing the world like that, it doesn't strip you of who you really are. It just enhances it. So if you're already a giving person, then you'll just have more to give. Yeah. Yeah. They say that about money, too. It's like money doesn't make you evil or irresponsible. It amplifies who you really are. So if you are a really good person at heart and you come into money, well, you're going to be even more generous, you know, And if you're insecure and always worried about what other people think and you come into money, then you're probably going to make some choices that are not in alignment with who you are. But, you know, that's kind of what we're seeing in the world. So work on yourself, work on being in alignment with who you are on the inside, and then have as much money as you want because you're just going to help everybody out. Exactly. Exactly. Everything's a reflection, right? Yeah. Everything on the outside is a reflection of what's going on inside. So, anyway. Yeah. I think that's what Christina was talking about, too, on the Christina Morassi show we did a couple weeks ago, where the article she read was about 
this thought of if the wealth and power in this world is, you know, from our view, in the hands of the people who don't care very much, and, you know, what if it was in the hands of the people who do care? And that's exactly what we're talking about. It's just, you know, money doesn't do anything by itself. It's the person that does. Exactly. Exactly. So... Well, Rachel, I think that we, I hope, it felt like we gave a good intro to the book, and I hope that we can um, have another discussion in a few weeks here and and see where this leads. I mean, it's so much fun, so much fun to hear other people's perspectives, and I can't wait to see what people think about the, you're alone in the universe. <laughs> I know, yeah. So I gave a little, um, I gave a statement on my Facebook fan page this morning that when I read this book, um, and it was in the first nine chapters, that I, I was, you know, in bed reading, Eric was asleep, and I started seeing through my bedroom walls. <laughs> and, you know, that's not going to happen to everybody because I can see um, naturally, but I, I always keep it turned off when I'm not, you know, needing it. Um, and that is not normal for me. I don't just normally start seeing through walls. But the reason I did is because the book really synthesizes all of the spiritual knowledge that I've accumulated over my lifetime. It makes it simple, easy to follow. And I've never read a book like that before that has done that so well. So, you know, it's really something you can look forward to reading. And it's a book that really overnight, literally changed my life. I was a completely different person the next day. I was so happy. I was felt so free. And everyone will have their own experience, of course, but that was mine. Yeah, it, it does put you in the driver's seat, and sometimes it takes a little bit to, to realize that, and you do have to take ownership of everything. You're, you're responsible for everything, including some of the messes. <laughs> yep. But um, once you really take that control, now you... Yeah, you realize, okay, wait a minute, I can shift things and, and I don't have to wait for people outside of me to, to do it for me mm-hmm. because I'm creating everything, including the stuff that looks like it's outside of me. So. Right. And the messes yeah. aren't that because mm-hmm. an illusion and so even the messes are an illusion. You know, we wanted that experience, our higher selves, really did create that on purpose. And whether we would want to create that now is a different story. But at the time, it's what served us best. ...on anything, and, and he nope. certainly is good about talking about that, too. Absolutely. No judgment. Forgive yourself and accept what is and just keep going. But just mm-hmm. know you can just tweak and adjust as you go. Yeah. So. All right. Well, great. Yeah, I think we could talk about this forever, but we can. Uh, we're breaking it down. So your homework is to read chapters one through nine, and to join us on October fourteenth, same time, same place, um, different link, but same yeah. phone number. Um, so we can discuss it. And I want to hear what happened to you. Did you start to see through walls? Did you feel a little depressed about some of the parts of it? And make sure to keep in touch with us on our on our Facebook page. Um, yeah, Busting Loose from the Money Game by Robert Scheinfeld.
Yeah, I'll put a look uh, a link, excuse me, up on our um our website soulfulpreneur.com. I'll put a link to that book as well so you can easily find it. Right. Um so, yeah. Well, um we as you know are part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network, which is a whole group of people that do um these blog talk radio shows throughout the week. And uh so just to remind you, tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have Victoria Vives Wong, who hosts Earth Sky People, your bridge between heaven and earth. And she talks about living in oneness with one another, with Mother Earth, and with life beyond earth. And Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, is the Enlightenment Evolution Hour with Rob Gauthier. He is the creator of this network, and he channels a being called Treb, who takes your questions. He also has lots of amazing guests, such as channelers and other metaphysical teachers. And you can find more about him on trebchanneling.com. Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, we have Philip Malika's Consciousness Evolution Hour. And he discusses a wide range of metaphysical topics from the perspective of the fifth dimension. And you can find more about him if you search on Facebook for Consciousness Evolution 2.0 group. And I'm part of that group. And it's really fun. People post a lot of interesting things that are happening to them and perspectives and so forth. So check that out. I was going to say something. We just had a busting loose moment, but I, I got oh. my thing back. <laughs> it was a false alarm. <laughs> um, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, is the Earth Experience with Kalina Angel. The Earth Experience explores our soul's expansion through our human experiences on Earth. Saturday mornings for the early birds at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, we have the Odyssey Ascension with Roxanne Swainhart. Join Roxy for two hours of Ascension downloads where she answers your questions about past lives and soul purpose and energy activations and all things Ascension. And on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, we have About Oneness with Karen Newman, and she presents a weekly radio program focused on celebrating the ongoing conscious awakening of our planet and our realization of oneness and unconditional love. And then on Mondays at 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, we have our friend, Heart to Heart Talk Radio host, Daniel Scranton. And Daniel is a channel Reiki master and sound healer, and he hosts a show on Monday evenings to talk about the shift and global events and channeling, any energy work and sound healing. And I did notice just when the show was starting that um, it looks like Daniel will be making an appearance here in Connecticut, which is where I am. Um, and so we'll maybe post a little info on our Facebook page and so forth um, because I know we have lots of Connecticut listeners. Uh, so you can come and, and meet Daniel and, and see him channel in uh, later in September. Yeah. I also um, i am so excited about Daniel going to sound. And uh, it's possible that I'll be there too, depending on the date. Uh, I'll be in Connecticut from the 18th to the 24th. But in the meantime, we have an amazing event um, called the Channel Panel, which does include Daniel Scranton um, and Rob Gauthier, who are both in this network, and also John Kelly, Nora Harold, and Brad Johnson. And that is an online channeling streaming event. It's six hours. It's going to be really great. And you can learn more if you go to Facebook and just type in Channel Panel 
um, in the search bar. It's a public event. It's held on Saturday, September 13th at 1 p.m. Eastern, and you can learn all the details at that page. So looking forward to that. They're all amazing. Yeah, they are. They are. Well, thank you, Rachel. This was really fun. Um, it's, it's so neat to, to think months ago you introduced me to this book, and now you know we're able to do this show and introduce it to so many people. So. I'm really, no. yeah, I'm grateful. Oh my gosh. I can't even believe it. I read it in like November or December. Mm-hmm. And really, since I read this, uh, my abundance level, my happiness level, my understanding level has gone way through the roof. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's just awesome. I can't believe it has been such a short amount of time. Yeah, and I definitely feel um, a similar shift, and um, I, I was processing lots of different things over the last year, but uh, my worry about money, I just look at it differently now. I just have a more confident feel for it, and it's just funny how things show up all of a sudden now. We always call it a busting loose moment. Yeah. So, so everybody who's listening, feel free to share your busting loose moments as you read the book and understand kind of what that means and what they are. They're kind of funny. And I think your higher self just starts to play with you a little bit and makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. Well, thank you, listeners. We love you. Um, yeah, even on the replay, we love you too. Can't wait to meet up with you next week at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, and noon Arizona time as well. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, thanks, Rachel. Thank you, Megan. All right. Bye. Bye.